Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. Carol is the executive director of the WellMed Charitable Foundation, past chair of the board of directors of the National Council on Aging. She has a master's degree in social gerontology with over 25 years of experience in the field of aging and caregiving. And Carol also was a Next Avenue Top 50 influencer on aging. Hey, Carol, good to see you. Hi, nice to, nice to see you, even though we're on the radio. I know that, but we're Zooming each other we so we can uh, read our body language. And I, I see you're in Venice. I noticed in the background a very pretty canal. Yes, you know, for those that don't hang out on Zoom with me regularly, I've spent the entire pandemic in my Venice location. At least that's what it looks like. Well, it's very pretty. And this pandemic... Uh, now a little more than a year has changed our lives dramatically. It has, you know, hitting that one year, I was, I was talking to my husband. I said, we can't really call it an anniversary. How do you commemorate something as odd as, you know, being relegated to your house for a year? And 500,000 plus people who have died. It has, it has, you know, um, I, I saw a headline and I agree and just like, you know, our parents uh, were had the depression. It was always, well, back in the depression, in the depression, you know, the rest of us and certainly our kids are going to be, well, during COVID, during COVID, um, and hopefully it'll be something in the past tense one of these days. One can only hope. And with that number of people dying, it is appropriate uh, to welcome our very special guest. Esther Pippoli is the owner and founder of Loss of Life Advocates. She uh, and her family felt firsthand a loss. Her father and her husband died just 63 days apart in 2014. And out of that, she developed a whole new career helping others face loss. So Esther, thanks for coming on Caregiver SOS On Air. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be with you and Carol today. Well, tell us a little bit about of that period of time in 2014, uh, when you suffered uh, loss of, you know, your father and your husband, 63 days apart. Yeah, you know, um, I can't believe it's been almost seven years since then. But I remember uh, going into 2014 that my dad was very ill. You know, he told me, you know, there's going to be a time when you're going to have to be my voice and make all the decisions for me. Um, probably the last year of my life. My dad was an economics uh, professor at one of the local community colleges here in San Antonio. And we'd had a lot of discussions around the end of life and what that looked like and what his thoughts were and, um, you know, didn't want to be in any pain. But then um, surprisingly to me, after my father passed away in July of 2014, my husband, we literally had gone to the cemetery. My husband leaned over to me and said, I'm not feeling really well. I'm not going to go to the luncheon. And you know, 60 days later, 63 days later, some odd days that, you know, in there, my um, husband had been diagnosed with cancer, uh, stage four, it metastasized to all, all parts of his body, and um, he passed away really quick. So 2014 for me was just a really just horrible year in the sense of 
um, suffering the loss of my father, who I was very good friends with. He was he was my best friend, my economic advisor. Um, you know, he did a lot for the state of Texas. He served with AARP. He was a state driver, you know, person. He he just was a, my my hero. And then my husband, my playmate, you know, losing my best friend and um, my soulmate and losing those two people really close together was devastating. And then all the things that kind of happened after that, which was the um, lack of just how my employer was, was dealing with me. They just didn't know what to do. And, you know, I didn't even have a brain to think about what I needed at that time. And, and I was in benefits for 20 plus years in the insurance industry. So the grief that just, it, it felt like a, a wave just hitting one after the other, closing down a business for my husband that I knew nothing about, um, dealing with finances that I knew nothing about. Um, my husband handled everything for 26 years. And so I really, not that I had blind faith in that. I just, you know, you get married and you're like, okay, you handle this and I'll handle that. I'll take the kids, you take the bills and we, you know, tell me what I need to send to you. And, you know, we'll, we'll just have our marriage. And for 26 years, I, I let that kind of go on without really asking any leading questions. Um, and when I did, my husband was just larger than life. So he wouldn't, he didn't think he was ever going to die. So him dying was really, um, it was the, just, you know, the nail in the coffin for me, I was just like, check, please. <laughs> the end of 2014 came and I was just so happy to see 2015. But um, out of that, I would have to say that, you know, his life insurance didn't pay immediately. And so I had to make some really quick financial decisions for me and my children, move back to Texas. Um, and just through that whole process, when I finally did settle um, his estate, I took that money and started Lola, named after my mom, who was my first loss, and um, started a company thinking, wow, you know, how do people, how do you get prepared? How do you walk somebody through this? How, what did I need when I was in that dark place? And really the preparation side of my company is based on getting people prepared, having everything all in one place based on my dad, because he was prepared. Um, and then the time of loss and everything afterwards is based on my husband and his lack of preparation. So this last year, I'd have to say that it's been the hardest um, year. It's been rewarding in the sense of being able to help families cross a loved one out of a very scary situation with COVID, helping families um, talk them through, walk them through with the nurses at the hospitals of what's going to happen um, with their loved one if they're going to let them pass. So, yeah, so it's been kind of an interesting, it, 2014 led to a lot of magical moments, definitely. Well, tell us a little bit about how you help families, what it is uh, you do for them. And let me remind folks who may have just joined us, you're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, and our special guest, Esther Pippoli, owner and founder of Loss of Life Advocates. So, Esther, what is it you do? <laughs> the question is really what, what is it you do? <laughs> the question is what I don't do. Um, huh. You know, I do everything from guiding a family through uh, a loss. You know, they've had a major diagnosis and they, they need to know where, where to start gathering things. Um, you know, where do we begin? Do we have our, our paperwork in order? And I love when people say I've got my paperwork in order and they say they've got their will done or they think they have their will done and they pull out a piece of paper and it's a handwritten will. And I'm like, Oh boy, you know, we have huh. our work cut out for us. Um, I've had families that I, I counsel. Um, and I, I use that number more as a consultant. I guide them through to resources quickly to get them um, prepared for the loss of a loved one. You know, I, I walk a cemetery for people if they don't want to go to the cemetery ahead of time and I'll, they'll tell me what they're looking for and I'll go through and try to stay within their budget and negotiate all that up front for them with the cemetery and the funeral home here in San Antonio. Um, but I mean, I also work with families, you know, after the fact of that have, it's been a year since some people have lost their loved ones to COVID and um, they're now coming to me and saying, Hey, you know, we need to sell a home and we need to pack up my mom's stuff. And 
Um, and then we need to get prepared because we learned that through my mom or my dad, we just didn't have anything. They didn't have anything in order. So we're just lost. So um, we guide them through fostering pets to walking cemeteries, funeral, death certificate distribution, banking, um, financial advisors. You know, maybe some people have come into a pension. They don't know what all these terms are for the first time in their life. So, yeah, but I, I would say that just kind of touching more on the COVID side of things, you know, working with families through that process of what's going to happen. And, and that's scary because it's a dark time. And so they, the nurses are saying, or maybe they're talking to them over the phone and saying, one person can come in and be with the family when we decide to take out the intubation tube. This is what's going to happen. The family makes that hard decision to just see if their loved one can breathe on their own or not um, and, and transition them. So I'll walk them through what's going to happen. And, and by the way, before we even get there, let's talk about you. Let's talk about what you have in place for yourself. How are you from a mental health standpoint? Um, how can I support you? Do you have funeral arrangements done so that at least I can do that for you and get ahead of it? Um, so kind of getting them prepared for this is going to be a really hard moment. Um, it's going to be scary. And, and the nurses and themselves working with them and helping them be able to educate the family because they're dealing with sometimes one person, but there's like 20 other people in the background. Um, and so, you know, you've got families that have lost loved ones on Zoom and, you know, FaceTime and over the phone. And so this whole new collaborative group of just families that have gone through this really horrible year. Yeah. You know, being a Lola advocate at this point has been rewarding and challenging all at the same time, you know, to, to be able to help families. Yeah. You know, Esther, I'm thinking back to when we first found out about your services and I thought it was amazing back then, you know, number one, as Americans, we don't like to talk about death or grief or, you know, that's just a subject that doesn't come up often enough and, and we don't plan enough. You know, we don't realize that when the times are good, that's the time to put a, a plan in place because, you know, as you know, uh, when somebody does pass away or is coming to the end of their life, maybe unexpectedly, certainly during COVID, it happens often, uh, that you're not thinking clearly. Uh, and what is already kind of a, not a, 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 you got a, if you've got a messy situation, if things aren't in order, then it, it can be a tough time. You know, I, the example I give is when my um, my grandmother passed away, you know, had two daughters, my mom and my aunt, and my aunt was estranged and wasn't involved. So that was one. And then my mother closed the door of the bedroom and said, I'm not going to deal with this. You figure it out. And she said that to my sister and I, and we kind of looked at each other. We were, you know, in our 20s. We didn't know anything about funeral planning, or, or anything. And we would have loved to have had your help. So what you do is so important. Well, thank you. It's been a labor of love. And it took me, it's, you know, I guess this is my fifth year. And so they always say when a business, you know, either makes it or breaks it by year five. Um, I thought last year when COVID started, I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? But um, I found out really quickly that families um, having that phone and that Zoom call, and you can still do a lot of handholding and touching for people. Um, and it, the services have expanded, you know, I don't think there's enough time for me to tell you everything that I've done in this last year, but it certainly has expanded across the borders of Texas, as far as up to Washington state to be able to help families. And so I've really learned how to expand my services and, um, help families and in a quick time, you know, in a, in a fast manner, um, so that they can get kind of the information they need to get to the next step. Um, and sometimes that's just, as, just what they need is somebody that's a third party, to say, you know, I'm not a family member, I'm not a friend. Um, and then they come back to me and they're like, hey, you know, months later, I just wanted to call and tell you I'm feeling so much better. And you really did get me through that dark period. And thank you. And, you know, then it's like, oh, 
you know, it's like my family just keeps getting bigger. <laughs> what else do families tell you about your service? Um, you know, they, they tell me that it, that you, they can't always go to a, a trusted, there's nobody as a trusted family member in their circle. That's the number one thing I hear from them is like, I can't share with my family or my friends, the state of affairs. And you provide us that guidance and that safe place to land um, in a really dark moment. And um, if, if it wasn't for you, Esther, you know, we, we would have, we'd still be floundering. You know, sometimes it is just as simple as blocking and tackling, finding out who they don't want around them you know, in a certain time, like how do we block and tackle for you? So you have that space um, to grieve because with social media, everything's just so overloaded now um, that the first thing I'll say is who's got access to social media, turn it all off. Because the last thing you want to do is have somebody say something and it happens. You probably see it on Facebook and LinkedIn, you know, rest in peace, this person. And not everybody's like, what, you know, then the family hasn't even had a chance to, to remove. So, you know, giving them those little nuggets of advice or telling them, you know, what's, them giving them advice on what's going to happen afterwards. You know, um, one thing is that your loved one dying and going to the funeral home and the cost. The other thing is probating a will, you know, just those little things that they're like, I'm like, just so you know, that lawyers maybe might have inexpensive will packages up front, but on the other side, they've got probate. (laughs) And that's a process that's getting more difficult now um, because more and more banks and, and institutions are requiring letters of testamentary, which require probate and not everybody has a will. So um, finding just, you know, when people compliment me on something, it's hard to take it as a compliment because it's such a hard time. It's like, you know, complimenting the funeral director. Hey, thanks. Good job. You know, um, you know, it's like, they're like, well, this is what we do. But yeah, I mean, I, I think most of the time my clients are, you provide a safe place for us. So thank Hold you. Hold that thought. We're going to come right back to you. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. We're talking with Esther Pippoli, owner and founder of Loss of Life Advocates and finding out how she and her colleagues help people faced with the imminent demise or death of a loved one. You're listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver's stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether... The new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. Hello, friend. Well, thank you for sticking with us here on Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel. And we're talking about a very heavy topic, ways in which Esther Pippoli and her staff at Loss of Life Advocates can help people who are faced with the loss of a loved one. And Esther, you're like a concierge service uh, for folks in the dead and dying field at the moment. Uh, You provide all kinds of help. And I'm assuming that would even mean finding a caterer uh, for the post-funeral service. Yeah, you know, that we, we do all kinds of, of stuff, you know, from helping families uh, put together a celebration of life, especially during this time right now of, you know, how many people can be there, what are the requirements, even though we've lifted face masks, you know, finding out from funeral homes what their procedures and protocols are. You know, we do everything from rehoming a pet to getting it fostered into foster care. 
um, to, we call it pack, pack up and pack out. We, we help families go in, they, they go in and we'll um, inventory a house, we'll videotape it for them. And then once they pick through what they want out of the house, we will pack up and pack out and donate to um, a charity of their choice or the, uh, you know, Salvation Army or Goodwill or, um, you know, something that Hope Hospice has like a, a, a little store that they have stuff in there to raise money for. Um, you know, so we'll do, pick a charity for the family and donate all that stuff, or we'll sell it. You know, we'll get it to an estate sale and have them st- sell it and money for the family that they get, they can recoup. Um, then we help sell the house. And unfortunately, this year we've had a lot of families that you know they've got that that creep up, and I call it that because November, December, you know, the property taxes came out, and so in December I was calling up families and saying, "Hey, you know, your loved one died. You know, you've got this home. Are you going to sell it? What are you going to do because your property taxes are coming due in January." And it's going to be a big bill because here we live in Texas, you know, so um, walking families through getting them to investors that can pick, you know, buy the house or help them set it up as an Airbnb or what they're going to do with it. So we walk them through all those different things that come in after the fact. But um, putting together a celebration of life is just one of the probably the funner things to do because you find out a lot about the loved one that passed away. You know, what were their favorite colors? What was their favorite food? Did they have a favorite drink? Um, You know, did they have favorite poetry that they want read? (laughs) So, you know, I'm hearing you talk about a celebration of life. Uh, my great aunt, who I talk about a lot on the show, um, she actually had her celebration of life before she passed away uh, and was able to bring everybody in. It was right before it was the year before COVID hit. So we were able to all come together. But certainly it would work, you know, on Zoom. Uh, and everybody thought that was odd. And and if you in the actually the nursing home she was living in didn't want to let her have it. But we found out what the rules were and said, you don't really have a choice. This is considered like a, a religious ceremony. You have to let her go because she wanted to leave the building uh, and go to a ballroom to have her celebration. And we managed to have it. And that was, you know, I think a celebration of life. You don't have to wait for the person to be dead to go ahead and do that. Let them enjoy what everybody's going to say about them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that we've learned so much in the last couple of years, you know, when you look at pre like, you know, what the pre-life was, the way things were. And now um, it definitely has just COVID has really brought about us being very creative um, and, and having that the distance thing is no longer an excuse. Right, right. <laughs> you can't say, well, I can't be there because of this. You're like, let me send you the Zoom link. <laughs> well, the other thing that you said that really caught my attention that was new uh, for me was saying that you help families arrange to turn a property into an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. which is fascinating. I mean, that would yeah. have not, that would, that's definitely new on my list. Yeah. We have, you know, the advocates that have come on board that I've certified to do what I do. Um, each one of them has a unique career trait. Um, so my insurance guy that um, he says insurance during the day, he realized that families really needed help in packing up and packing out. So he's an advocate that I can, when a family says we, we don't want anything to do with the house, he can pack up and pack out. He has a team that now comes in and does that. And then I have an advocate and her husband that um, are both certified and they do Airbnbs. And they were like, we will go in and clean out the property and set it up for the family to make it a, a financial gain for them, you know? So all these different people are um, bringing their unique talents and traits to becoming Lola advocates. And they kind of put in their own little slice of things, which is great because for me, I can't do it all. Um, but being able to provide a family with, you know, you're not just getting the power of one, you're getting the power of, of many and, and as you're going through this process, each of those people that you're working with are certified in Lola. And even our trusted partners are like that. You know, they, they go through training on Lola so that they know how to deal with a, a loss, somebody that's going through the loss because they've suffered through that loss, too. How do you bill for your services? 
So um, several different ways. I'm <laughs> glad you asked. So um, my, my buy hours, not flowers package is the most popular. It's five hours for $300. And usually that's third party pay. So some, somebody will come in instead of buying flowers for a funeral or a cemetery, you know, for a service or for an employee or a friend, they'll buy five hours of, they'll go in with friends and buy five hours of my services. And that five hours is good for a year. So that's kind of like, they're giving them concierge, whatever you need, Esther's got you. We feel like giving you help is what you need versus the flowers are going to die and the food's going to go bad or not eaten. Um, the other way is I have a contract through ACOG here in San Antonio, the Alamo Area Council of Government, and through their caregiver program. And um, caregivers can call in and they can ask for my services and my forms and the prep side, as well as my services for time of loss, hospice education, palliative care education, um, and any type of services they need help with um, are provided for free from Alamo Area Council of Government. So I'm really I'm grateful for that program because they, they provide a lot of caregivers that access to being able to work with me. Well, and you mentioned a- yeah, you mentioned ACOG and I have to just... Um, Add how, how we lost Gloria Vasquez, the AAA director, the director right. that you know we're, we work with at ACOG to COVID, um, and so all of us, you know, it, are, are impacted. Whether it's a family member or a friend or a professional colleague who we admire greatly, and Gloria was certainly that. Yeah, they say that for every death, it's a five-person impact. You know, so you look at the people that you work. Somebody dies at work. Your coworkers, your family, your friends. It's really. Um, that's been the hardest part is, you know, it's, it's the people that you worked with that have succumbed to this, you know, this virus. And you just don't think you're, you know, we're home and we're on virtual and you think you're going to see them again. And we're hopeful. And then you, you lose somebody like that. And it's, it's very impactful to you because right. it's, it's part of your work community, which is your family. Really. It's who we, who we work with all day is who our family is. Well, well, I was you thinking, mean, go, go ahead, ahead, Carol. No, go ahead, Ron. I was thinking not every family gets along. Uh, and there have to be cases where you become the mediator, uh, stepping in between sisters, brothers, aunts, uncles who want things done a different way. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Um, you know, it's it's pretty easy because I usually ask who the executor is if there's a will. Like, who is that person? If there is one, then I start with that person and I explain to them what their role is and that they have to be Sweden. <laughs> that is what they've been selected for. Um, and I usually make phone calls to each person and, and ask them, you know, I'm certified through the grief recovery method. So I start with that grief that they're going through and saying, you know, tell me what's going on and, you know, tell me how I can help you communicate for you, what your wishes are, what you're trying to convey. Cause a lot of times those, those, those com- conflicts that are happening, um, around mom or dad or a loved one is about not being heard. And so for me, it's just, you know, going through talking to each person, how can I assist you? And then being able to convey that message across the board, like this is what this person's just trying to say. This is what they want to make sure that their input is like. Um, and and it, it turns out to be pretty um, interesting. I walk into some definitely some interesting family uh, situations, but I also have for ahead of time when family members are trying to figure out what's going to happen. I've worked with parents to do a disc profile, a behavior profile on their kids. And they ask them to, if you'll take it. So they know ahead of time how they're going to react to stress and anxiety. So yeah, it's it's been pretty interesting working with some some major conflict, especially in the last twelve months. Well, um, I heard you mention that handwritten will um, was something you you saw as uh, you know you wish that was not the situation. Do you have any, any other tip? What if you had could wave your magic wand? What would you make sure everybody did before they called you before the um, Yeah, I think it's it's um, making sure that they have their paperwork in order, knowing 
who's in charge, who's your communicator, you know, who's, who's going to be the lead person. And I'll, and I'll give you this because the perspective I, I work with nurses at all the, the hospice palliative nurses here in the in San Antonio. And their number one thing, when I ask them, what do you need before they get to you, before they get to me, they're like, we need the family to have one person that just communicates for the whole family. Because we're dealing with all these people that start coming in and aunts and uncles and theas and theos and grandparents and, you know, comadres and compadres and, you know, all of a sudden everybody's got a voice and they're like, we just need one person. So I would say that having one person and having that conversation ahead of time to say, look, if something happens to me, this is what I want. Um, having that expressed conversation so that everybody is understanding of that is, is super important because by the time people get to me, they're confused with what mom or dad wanted. Um, so yeah, waving my magic wand would be to have their affairs in order, which doesn't just mean the will and doesn't just mean the finances. Um, it means having to have the conversation so that the family knows what your wishes are. And what about medical power of attorney? That is um, very important because that is the person that's going to make a decision, which unfortunately this year with COVID, um, if you did not have an MPOA in place and your loved one went into the hospital, it made it very difficult for the doctors to determine who was actually the decision maker on behalf of the loved one that was right. uh, that couldn't speak for themselves. We are flat out of time. Thank you so much, Esther Pippoli, Loss of Life Advocates. Google it. You'll find their website. Thank you. I'm so Ron much. Aaron for Carol Zerniel. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to Caregiver SOS On Air. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.